Hello and welcome to Inspired Mind Podcast. As you connect with our content, we hope that you'll be inspired to grow and develop a better you. Please be encouraged to share this with others. Happy growing. Just like pain, another default human response to um, human emotional response to life is worrying. How many warriors do we have here? If I can use that word, that might not be a good English, but I think it's good preaching. Warriors. Well, who, who worries here? Yeah, everybody does. You know, worrying is a default human response. We all worry somehow. There are so many things that gets our attention, that gets us into that fixed place of thinking and pondering. You know, worrying is allowing one's mind to dwell in difficulties and troubles. And by the way, if this is your first time at Ignite, we want to, we'd like to let you know that we love note-taking and we made it so easy um, by having a worksheet in our mobile app. So you can pull up your worksheet and just feel along. Um, it's, it's one easy evangelism after Sunday. Send it out to your friends and um, just you can even have a small group conversation from our worksheet um, because we know that God is going to use it to bless you. So worrying, over, winning over worries is the part two of our healing emotion series and we're going to be diving just right in you know so everybody worries and a lot of time um worrying can come like a good thing and sometimes like as, as as negative and most cases it's, it's it's seen as a negative emotion and when we say somebody worries especially when it comes to the situation where worries begin to sap away your energy and begin to exhaust you and begin to you know take away strength from your life it becomes negative so and and we have all the reasons in this world to worry uh, I, even this current situation is number one that's one of the reasons why the healing emotion series is very relevant to our time that we have right now so i want us to understand that worrying is is common to everyone just like pains you know, and it's a form of imprisonment. It's worry keeps you in a kind of prison. It keeps you in a state. You know, somebody said a long time ago that worrying is like a swing. You know, it just swings you on the same spot. You are really not progressing. You don't move forward when you worry. And so that's one of the reasons why um, as Christians, as believers, we need to begin to ask what is Jesus' position about the situation? And one of my best scriptures, I always tell people, if you want to have a faith foundation, even if you, you don't feel you have the grace like so many others to read all the books of the Bible, I just want to beg you, just, go, just make sure you read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, popularly known as the Sermon on the Mount. It's, 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 it's such a compression of everything that Jesus expects from you. So always, I, I always love to tell young believers, I said, look, if you've not done so well theologically, just try those three books, um, those three chapters. Just get the, the voice of Christ talking to you directly. And let me, let me take you through um, Matthew 6, 25 to 34. We're going to quickly look at that and see what Jesus um, said. In that scripture that addresses our emotional issue of worrying. 
Verse 25 says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so it's going to sound really simple and you love it. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly father feeds them. And ain't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? That's worries swing you guys. It doesn't progress you. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't walk or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for white flowers, plants, you know, that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, it will certainly care for you because you are more valuable, of course. Why do you have so, so little faith? So don't worry about this thing saying, what will, eat, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. As Christians, we've got to be different, in other words. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously. And it will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. See, let me tell you something. That sometimes when I read the scripture. And I just think Jesus is just singling me out. It's just, Jesus is just being particular about me. Um, when you say somebody worries about tomorrow. I mean... If there is an award, I could be the charm for that. I was, I used to be that kind of person. I worried so much about tomorrow. I'm always so concerned. What's, what does the future hold? As a matter of fact, that is one of the things, as I began to grow my faith, that's one of the things that pushed me into the passion for growth. Because I've always said that even if I'm not certain about my tomorrow, as long as I'm growing, I'm going to be better tomorrow than I am today spiritually, financially, health-wise, everything. So uh, that's, that's one of the things that got me into the growth path, where I just know that Christ wants the best of me. You know, that's the, the, the part of the righteous that's shining brighter and brighter. You know, that there's a, always a better tomorrow for me than today. So that was my own story of worrying. I don't know what yours is. But I know that we all worry, you know, I, I, in my notes, I try to list certain areas, and um, if you have the worksheet, you would have seen that it was noted there that you can add to the list, so it's not limited to this, but I know that we all worry over health, a lot of people worry over their health, am I going to be well? You see, one of the things about worrying is that people don't only worry because things are bad, sometimes people worry so things don't get bad. There are some people that life is very beautiful for them, they're doing really good. They, 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 they have a lovely family, they good, a good job, but they are still worrying. Will I lose this job? If I lose this job, what happens to me? So worrying is just a default emotional response by everyone. So we worry over our health, worry over our marriage, we worry over our children. You know, if someone is listening to me out there and just, just before this message, you've been worrying, are my kids going to end well? Would they do good? 
I used to be like that. I used to just think in my head, would there be someday that I would look at my kids and say, are these really my kids? God, why did you give me this kind of kids? I used to just wonder in my mind. I used to be so scared. Would they turn out good? Until I began to realize that these children don't really belong to me. I'm just a caretaker. The Bible said they are the heritage of the Lord. So we worry over them. Some of you worry over your career. You're always thinking, am I going to finish well? Am I going to be choosing? Am I going to be good? Am I going to get a job when, I, when I'm done with this? Some worry over relationship. Am I ever going to get into a relationship? Am I going to lose this relationship? We worry over them. Some of us worry over life. I say, oh, what's life going to promise me? Some of us worry over reputation. I was, I, 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 the Holy Spirit inspired me quickly to have that. Some of us worry over, do you know that a lot of time reputation, our worries about reputation is one of the things that keeps us from, you know, walking out and stepping out in faith to do a lot of things in our lives. Worry over reputation. Some worry over tomorrow. Even when Jesus said that tomorrow will take care of itself, I, I will be right there. Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and he's going to be the same Jesus tomorrow. Loving, kind, passionate, ever-providing helper. Jesus is not going to change. So why do you think tomorrow will not be good for you when you will still have Jesus? We worry. Some of us worry about our responsibility. I had to make that the last to, to speak to my leaders. Some of us worry about our responsibility. How can I lead my team? Will they listen to me? They don't even respect me. They are not even spiritually matured. I have to test them. I have to call them. Am I going to burn out and just stop being a leader? Am I going to burn out and just leave this Jesus job? Some of us worry over responsibilities. Like I said, you can fill the gap. What are you worrying over? We're going to look at straight on how to manage worries. Now, I, I, I made that title, How to Manage Worries, because you cannot stop worry. You cannot you know, take worry out of existence. Jesus, remember, following Jesus does not stop you from worrying. Breaking news. Because Jesus was talking to his followers in that sermon that we read. So it's not, I, you know, I said, it like, just like I said last week, that being a believer, being a born again does not give you an exempt status when it comes to pains. Even pastors feel pains. The difference between you and them is that you don't see theirs. And that's the same thing with worry. So what we do about worry is to capture our minds and to see how we can manage worries. And that's why Jesus, every time Jesus gives a word like that, and he repeats it so many times, Jesus had this kind of teaching where he repeats something over and over again. I learned it from Jesus too. I'm sure that there are so many things that you would have heard from me at Ignite that you've probably heard for like 50 times. Where maybe by the 51 time you will get it. I'm just going to keep saying it. I learned it from Christ. He said, do not worry. Do not worry. Do not. Jesus said it over and over again. And so you, we have to learn that Worries has to be an emotion that must be managed by us. 
Because a lot of people have been, you know, pushed into um, uh, um, so much pain and, and medical issues of their life just because of worries. It's toxic. It could dry up your bones and it could make your life miserable when you get into that negative practice of worrying. And Jesus doesn't want you to be in that environment. So we're going to look at some of the biblical and humanly ways. Every time I use the word humanly ways, I'm talking about some responsibility, personal responsibility that you need to take in a bid to manage the emotional needs of worrying or the emotional issue of worrying. Number one is to refocus your mind. I'm going to quickly lead you to Philippians 4, verse 6 to 8. And this is, um, in context, this is Apostle Paul trying to resolve conflict between two women in that scripture. And, you know, because a lot of time, you know, you put your mind in that trouble and that emotional swing that does not advance your life. Apostle Paul was advising on something that is very critical here. He said, he said don't worry about anything. He said, instead, pray about everything. Take God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds everything we can understand. His peace will guide your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, he said, fix your thought on what is true and admirable, what is honorable, right and pure and lovely. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So Apostle Paul is telling you that because you have a mind and the mind must always wonder. The mind must always think. That's why I call it a default human emotion. We think. That's, why, that's who we are. You know, and, and, and towards the end of this teaching, I hope I can help somebody to understand, even if all your life you've been having a very totally negative note, note about worrying. And that's why you can't go to your pastor and say, um, Pastor, you know, I'm, I've been worrying so much. Because you're afraid your pastor will say you lack faith. Some of us will not even discuss it in our small group. Because we don't want to be labeled as faithless. <laughs> oh, you don't have faith, how will you be worried? Your small group leader just finished worrying in the morning before he came to the group. But Apostle Paul is saying that if you will worry at all, I always tell people that worrying is a form of meditation. I've heard Christians say, oh, I don't want to meditate. You know that stuff is done by Buddhists and Buddhists and all that. And, hey, it's in your scripture. You are expected to meditate on God's word. When you meditate on the word and the situation and the challenges of the word, you are meditating. It is called worrying. But when you put your mind, you bring your mind into the scripture, into, according to the, 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 the advice of Apostle Paul, things that are worthy of praise, things that are pleasing to God, connect your mind back to it. I do something every day. I try, apart from my prayer time, my scriptural reading, I, I, I pick up just one or two words from the scripture and I just ponder and ponder on it for like five minutes. It just, I soak it into my spirit. In the process of meditation, I meditate. I'm always meditating. Now, the people of the world, people that have no idea how much that is important to you, they take it seriously. 
I hear that non-Christians even meditate more than Christians. And they meditate on something totally different. So Apostle Paul is telling us that we should replace and refocus our, our, our thinking. Think about the things and the promises of God. Praise the Lord. If you are taking down note, how to manage worries. Let's give yourself a way to gain yourself. That's the number two. A lot of us find ourselves in a situation where we take ourselves too seriously. I, I was totally like that. Now you're talking about I, you're right here. I take myself too seriously. I don't want to do anything wrong. I don't want to make mistakes. My decisions have to be perfect. That's the kind of life that I want to live. And guess what? There's nothing wrong with that life. That's what it's, God wants you to be careful with your decision because uh, you, you will make your decisions and your decisions will make you in life. There's nothing wrong with that. But a lot of time we, we think that life really turns out our way because of our ability to just focus the confidence on ourselves rather than on God. Give yourself a way to service. Don't take yourself seriously. Somebody asked me, how can I be happy? I said, hey, make somebody else happy. Have you ever seen somebody happy and you immediately begin to smile as you watch them? Like everything else that goes around and comes around, when you, are, when you do act of kindness to people, it goes around and comes back to you. So when you are just sitting down there and just worrying and just worrying, worrying, how am I going to make this life a beautiful place? How am I going to be successful in life? Why don't you just take your attention away from yourself and just think of how you can help someone else emotionally and your emotional needs will be addressed in the process. Let me show you what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 39. He says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. How do you give up your life for Jesus? That's sometimes when I read biblical texts, they can sound complex and so casual and you don't think deeper. How can you really give your life? See, I told you guys here at Ignite that the greatest service you can serve unto the Lord is the service on humanity. When you are giving yourself in service to God, you are giving yourself in service to serve man in the name of Jesus. I once spoke with an older person um, who loves to go to orphanage homes and just, you know, serve and just, you know, get involved in all charity opportunities. He just dives into them. And he was telling me that he finds his greatest joy there. Remember, Jesus said, when you visited the one in the hospital, you were doing it unto me. When you visited the ones in prison, you visited me. Even Jesus wasn't in prison. But Jesus is telling you that every time you serve humanity, you are serving me. That's the meaning of the word. And so sometimes you got to give yourself away to service. Because it's not, life is not all about me. I can't be depressed about me. Let me see what others are going through and just try to help them feel better. Maybe in the course of that, I will feel better as well. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Hallelujah. How many points have we said on how to manage? Two. Somebody say four. 
All right, I want to be sure you're all listening. Number three, understanding your limitation. You can't understand your limitation. Understand your limitation. You can't do all things by yourself. You can do all things through Christ who lives in you. Every one of us suffer a sense of inadequacy. You know, I saw the worship team did a fantastic job. I, want, I wish I can sing like them. But I'm almost like an handicap. I can only sing in the shower. And my wife definitely loves when I sing. <laughs> and, 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 and I don't care what you think. She feels I sing well. And so are my kids too. Even if inside their mind they think I could do better. We're not, we're not all that sufficient, guys. We got to understand that what you are worrying about, you probably don't have the answer to it. Why are you worrying? <clears throat> I remember there was a time I had problems. Like many years ago, I had mortgage problem, and business was dead and just creeping, and I was just, I was just almost losing my mind. And I realized that I will always sit down and I will be worrying and be worrying and be worrying. And something, as if something just whispered to me, oh boy, you don't, you don't have the money to take care of this mortgage right now. Business is bad. You don't have anything that can help you guys. The family is going through some challenges. Why don't you just look onto the one who can do it? And I took the, and I immediately just took you know, I took it out of myself and I started focusing on Christ. Jesus, you see, no matter your health situation you are going through, the doctor already gave you a confirmation medically. There's nothing you can do about it by yourself. But there is only one person whose report is more important to your life than the report of the doctor. There's one who can change every medical record, or every medical report that you have gotten in your life. And that's Jesus. Why don't you turn to him? Why don't you forget self-confidence and begin to work on God's confidence? Like Apostle Paul. I can do all things. The only reason why I'm, I'm fearless in the decisions and so many things that I do, the only reason why I believe that my tomorrow is certain, the only reason why I believe that if I continue growing and putting personal responsibility and growing spiritually and growing relationally and having the right network, the only reason why I believe that my tomorrow is certain and I'm going to be super, super better tomorrow than I am today is because I know that in the midst of all my effort, Jesus is glorified. In the areas where I'm weak. When I can't do anything about my situation, Jesus is, is in charge. He's able to do all things. There's nothing too hard for him to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, in John, John 15 verse 5, it says, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Your ability to produce fruit, so your ability to be somebody, your ability to amount to something greater than you can amount by yourself is because of the Christ in you. Every time you think about the sufficiency of Jesus, 
as your provider, it should address every worries that you have. You should begin immediately when, 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 when that fear and worry begins to knock on the door of your heart, you should send your faith to open the door. You should, you should send your confidence in Christ to address your situation. Somebody say amen. And he said, for apart from me, you can do nothing. That's, that's Jesus speaking. Hallelujah. Number four, I said, stay in the growth path. Stay in the growth path. I've told you my story, how, how growth has helped my life. I have so much confidence in the fact that when Jesus connected with us as we, as, at the point of redemption, when we gave our life to him, he connected with us and he started taking us through a journey in life. That journey is a progressive journey. Um, just like the same journey that happened when he connected with some fishermen and some ordinary people and he took them from fishermen to fishers of men. Jesus is always taking us to a path of growth. A lot of times, some of us kind of, like a little child, drag our hand away from Jesus and say, hey, I can do this work by myself. I, I don't need you to lead me. That's one of the things that brings us to that place of hopelessness and pain. But as long as we can continue to say, Jesus, right on, right on. I'm, I'm just right behind you. I'm, I'm just lead me on. As long as we can begin to say that, we have no reason in our life to be drained in our worries. Now the point is that worries might come even when it's uninvited. But every time the worry hits your heart, you remember the driver of the vehicle of your life is Jesus. He's taking you somewhere. And so you have to be on that growth path. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I want us to quickly look at um, Job 6, Job chapter 8, verse 6 to 7. It says, and if you are pure and live with integrity, it will surely rise up and restore your happy home. And though you started with little, you will end with much. That's the promise upon the life of the faithful. Those who walk in integrity with the Lord, those who walk faithfully with him, you will always end well. The devil might want you to think otherwise, but the truth is the scripture. That's the only truth that is permanent. Your situation might be a fact. Oh, the fact is that I'm jobless right now. That's just a fact. Truth will always change fact. The truth is that he's able to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. So the opportunity for a new job will come. And Jesus will send you there in Jesus' name. Number five, identify your worry trigger. I hope somebody will take this down, especially my social media friends. What is your worry trigger? What triggers worries in your life? Some of you began to worry the moment you saw some of your friends on vacation on Facebook. Some of you, your worries started the moment you tuned in and, and you saw the, 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 the death rate statistics and the unemployment statistics on CNN and on Fox News. Whatever is the trigger. Some of you, your trigger, your worry trigger might just be your friends, those who surround around yourself. They know how to give you beautiful updates about their lives. Even when it's not that beautiful, they tell you it's beautiful and leaving you to think that your own life is just, is just meant for pains. 
And that is your trigger. That triggers, right there, that triggers your problem of worrying. If that is you, watch and tune the channel. Tune off from your trigger source. If you know that every time you become depressed, every time you go on your social media, on your Instagram, then stop, stop going there. I use social media as, as a resource tool and as a networking point for business and for ministry and to evangelize, but I don't, I don't even pay one single attention to what is happening in other people's life through social media. But some of us are just, skilled, we're just, we're just skillful at paying attention to what is happening in the life of other people. You want to know the, the, the new clothes that they are putting on and the new thing that, they just, that just happened in their family. Guess what? They keep showing you and you keep enjoying, you keep liking. And after, after, once you get off that, you become depressed because your situation does not match with what you see. That's your trigger. Identify and walk away from it. And activate positive emotion. You got to activate positive emotion in your life. You know, there is, there is this brain chemical called, um, um, the, it's called dopamine. And, and science has discovered that the more dopamine you create, it's, it's connected to pleasure. So the more of it you create, the more you feel good. If you learn to activate positive emotion in your life, like gratitude, learning to be grateful about life, the moment you learn to activate that, it overwhelms worrying. Hallelujah. I'm going to quickly read Psalm 103 to you. Psalm 103, verse 2 to 5. Quickly. Um, let's turn there. It's going to be really fast. Let all that I am praise the Lord, said David. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercy. It fills my life with good things. My, my youth is renewed like the ego. A lot of time, I tell people, if you keep a book of memorial, keep a book of thanksgiving, it will make a different change in your life. It will fine-tune your attitude of gratitude. I, it's, there are certain times that I open my notepad on, 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 on uh, my phone, and I began to scroll through my testimonies, things that the Lord has done for me. It just warms my heart. I forget my immediate problems. Because the idea is that if, the, if Jesus did this for me, then he can do it again. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And last but not the least, as saving the best for last, is hope in God. We can do nothing without him. Hope in God. Hallelujah. To look at Philippians 4 verse 13. He says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Our hope should be in God. Don't, hope, don't beat yourself up because of any issues of life. Because you really can't help yourself. You see, a sense of inadequacy is in every one of us. Some just deny it. You know, some just feel like God this. Sometimes you got to yield totally. And almost all the time. To the one who is really truly got it. Say amen with me. 
You know, so worrying does not, um, there are some people, uh, when, you, when you live in a life of non chalance you know, which is like a flip side of worry, it doesn't make your life too be beautiful, too beautiful as well. You know, some people just live life recklessly. It makes you not take life seriously because if I worry about failing a test, maybe I will read for the test. So nonchalant is not an excuse to get away from worry. So when somebody says, I, I don't worry, I don't even care, I just, I just run my life. Uh, that will be teaching for another day. Let's rise on our feet. God bless you all. I just want to um, take our attention to John 14 verse 27. And the word of the Lord said, I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. In other words, stop worrying. The greatest gift that Jesus brought for the saved is the gift of peace of mind and heart. You know, in the place of worry, Jesus is offering you peace of mind. And that's why you see that Christians respond to the default emotion of worrying separately from an unbeliever. Now, some people can worry to death because it kills them and they, they are diagnosed because of certain diseases as a result of their worrying. Why, as a believer, when the worry comes in, we begin, we switch it and we, we fine tune our focus onto Him who is able to do all things. So, my point to you here is that every one of us needs Jesus in our life. That's the only way. That's the only escape for us. It's a different emotion. Only Jesus has come to give us the life that will be sufficient and abundant. I just want us to remember this in our heart. So if you are here or you are on the, on the internet and you're watching us on, 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 on live and you've not given your life to Jesus, that's the foundation of it all. That's where you need to start from. You need to forget everything else that you've learned today, but just take that first beautiful, most profitable decision of giving your life to Jesus. And we just, if you are one of, if you are somebody in that category, we're not just going to tell you to run out or raise your hand. You know, we don't want to take you through that pressure. It's a personal relationship that you would do publicly. But the most important thing is to get personal with him. It's your heart. So let's just say this word of prayer with me from your heart. Say, Jesus, I surrender my heart to you. I really want to follow you and I want you to be the driver of my life. I want you to be in charge. I want to live more in God's confidence than self-confidence. Father Lord, help me today as I take this decision. Let it be the best decision of my life. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen.